When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast with Harrison Wind. I'm Harrison Wind. This is the second episode, the second week of this revamped the Denver Sports Podcast that I'm taking over. And we got a great interview today with Romy Bean from CBS4. She's the sports anchor there. She also hosts a uh, one-on-one with Dion Coach Prime Sanders every single week, Coach Prime's playbook. I feel like she has a uh, better relationship or she might know Coach Prime better than maybe anybody else in Denver media. So we got that interview coming up in a little, and she is the uh, special guest today. Um, We got one special guest every week on the Denver Sports Podcast. If you missed episode one last week, it was Nuggets legend Andre Miller. Uh, So be sure to go back and check that out uh, if you missed that. Uh, But today is about Coach Prime and Colorado football. And, you know, we talked a lot about Coach Prime, uh, what he's like maybe off the camera, what she's learned about Coach Prime, how she's gotten to know him, uh, what his relationship is really like with his players, uh, what she thinks Coach Prime might do, you know, maybe after he's done coaching Colorado, how long he might coach Colorado. So, We got into a lot of that. It was a really good conversation, a really good discussion. Um, We are presented by Breckenridge Brewery, though, on the Denver Sports Podcast. Uh, If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website, breckenridgebrewery.com. Just type in your zip code. It shows you exactly where to get Breck Brew. Uh, If you're local, stop by the DNVR bar. We got tons of Breck Brew on tap. Got all your favorites, Avalanche Amber, Juice Drop IPA, Good Company Hard Seltzers, whatever you want, uh, we got it here at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, So we'll get to that interview with Romy Bean in just one second. My opening rant today is on Colorado football, though, and I'm sure we got some listeners, some viewers who haven't heard me talk about Colorado football before. You might have heard me talk about the Nuggets You might have never heard me talk about anything before, but just to give you my vantage point on Coach Prime, Colorado football, and and my experience with it, I graduated from University of Colorado in 2013. So I've seen some god-awful football in my time. I got to Colorado during the Dan Hawkins years, and 
Dan Hawkins got fired actually during my sophomore season, but I was there for that year. I was there when we beat a one in three Georgia team, an SEC team, which was an incredible win for us at the time. Uh, we, of course, rushed the field. We rushed the field hard during that year, during that game. Uh, and that was Dan Hawkins' last win at Colorado. And I was there for the John Embry years, too. Uh, he was hired when Dan Hawkins was fired. Uh, John Embry was a buff. They said he'd get it right. All these former buffs were hired on staff that year. They hired legendary Colorado running back Eric Bieniemy. There was some excitement. Like there was real excitement when they brought all those former buffs back. And there was excitement until they actually put on pads. Uh, John Embry went 3 and 10 in his first year. Bad season, but I guess you could kind of see the vision a little bit. And then in his second year, that was my senior year. We went 1-11. That was the year Colorado lost to Division II Sacramento State at home. Uh, in a loss against Washington, I remember because I was there, a game where CU lost 38-3. to The Buffs tried a quarterback sneak on first and 10. It was because they didn't know they picked up a first down on the previous play. They thought it was still fourth down. Uh, but that season was a disaster. I remember it was the final game of the year against Utah at home. Me and a good friend of mine, we got there right at game time. And we sat in the student section, sat in the student section, first row at the 50-yard line. We got those seats because we got there right when the game started. Everybody was out on the buffs. There was not a lot of excitement. Not a great crowd for that one either. Uh, but those are the CU years that I went through, that I was there for every game for. I was there for Cody Hawkins. I was there for Tyler Hansen. I was there for the Jordan Webb era. I was there for the Connor Wood couple game run. Some of us were kind of hyped about Connor Wood, if you guys remember that. Um, but I was there for some awful Colorado football years and... That is why so many of us are so excited by Coach Prime and the University of Colorado and what is happening right now, uh, because we were there for those years, and we were there when there was just no excitement and nothing to look forward to, and now there is, and I mean, regardless of what you want to say about Coach Prime, and me and Romley got in a lot into just kind of who he is as a person and a man and a leader and kind of what's fake about him and what's real. And I thought she had some great insight into all of that stuff too. Uh, but most of all, he's got us to believe again. Um, and that's the most exciting part, I think. So that's a little bit about what I've been through when it comes to CU football. And I was at every game during the Dan Hawkins years, during the John Embry years. And I'm sure a lot of you listening and watching were there too and have had similar feelings too when it comes to Colorado football. And it's just really exciting to see the enthusiasm, the energy behind the program now. And it's fun to think about and get excited about where this thing can go in the future. Because I think, and Romy, who you'll hear from in a second, also thinks that 
uh, this story is just getting started. So that's a little bit about my background on Colorado football. And um, we'll play the interview with Romy in one second. She gets me even more excited about where she thinks Colorado football can go uh, in the coming years. Let me tell you guys about Bet365 really quickly. Um, Bet365, they're an awesome partner for us. They have these awesome odds boosts for Nuggets games, for Broncos games that are DNVR specific odds boosts that you can get in. Uh, Bet365 is never ordinary. Use code DNVR365 at sign up. Um, like I said, awesome odds boosts. If you're a DNVR fan, if you're a Nuggets and Broncos fans and want to get in on those every single game, they have market specific boosts too. If you're local in Denver, they have boosts for those games. Uh, but of course you must be 21 plus physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone, you know, has a gambling problem and wants help call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, we have our own custom bets, like I said, ride with DNVR. You can see those when you log into the D, uh, Bet365 app. Um, also, they have an offer going on right now, either a first bet safety net of $1,000 in bonus bets or bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you sign up with the code DNVR365. Also, want to tell you guys about game time if you need tickets to concerts, shows, sporting events. Make sure to check out the Game Time app. Uh, games going on this week. Colorado, Oregon State tomorrow. Uh, Nuggets, Mavs tonight at Ball Arena. First in-season tournament game of the season. You'll be able to get great last-minute deals on tickets with the Game Time app. Make sure to download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account, redeem code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute's tickets for concerts, shows, sporting events, whatever you need. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, back on the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. Let's get to my chat with Romy Bean from CBS4. If you guys don't know Romy, she covers every Colorado sport. She might be the busiest man or woman in Denver sports media right now, but she covers the buffs and she has a one-on-one -on -one chat every single week with coach prime coach prime's playbook. So she might know coach prime better than anybody else in Denver media. She had a lot of great insight into who he is and his plans for Colorado football. So let's get to that. All right. My guest this week on the Denver sports podcast CBS Sports Anchor, the 2022 Colorado Sportscaster of the Year, and the host of Coach Prime's Playbook. Yeah. That airs every Wednesday, right? Every Wednesday. We moved it to Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Which we like. Romy Bean, thanks for coming by, Hey, Romy. thanks for having me on. Thanks for... Uh I'm just excited to be here. You're the second. Uh, you're the second ever guest in the revamped the Denver Sports Podcast since I've taken over. Really, yeah. I'm honored. This is. This, I'm excited about this. La you last week was Andre Miller. Okay, I don't know you're if I'm going to live up to that, but you know what? People make mistakes every day, and you're going to learn, Harrison. <laughs> but that's okay. Second ever guest, first live in studio guest though. Woo -woo -woo. He was over uh, Zoom. So. You know what's nice? I love being in studio and like getting to wear a hoodie. Obviously, I have to dress up for right. work. Right. It's nice to like. Ugh. 
relax. That's well, why I love you guys. What I love is when I come and do hits uh, at CBS yeah. when I would come on your show. I like I still wore a DNVR t-shirt, but I threw on like yeah. a sports coat or something. I love how you just went hoodie. Like you you dressed the part. I, yeah, I apologize that it's not a DNVR hoodie. I feel no, like that was fine. a mistake. We'll, we'll get you hooked I need up. A, with some I need gear. to re-up my merch. But um yeah. but yeah, no, it's just nice. I know you you do a really good job. You got rep in DNVR, but you got the blazers on. Right. And come playoff time, we have Harrison on the show all the time. So yeah. everybody watch. If you would have shown up in a suit, I would have been like, come on, Romy. I would have like, you know how we Left. do things here. Yeah, that's <laughs> gross. Yeah. But I wanted to have you on mm-hmm. to talk about Dion Coach Prime Sanders. Yes. You have a weekly show with him. Mm-hmm. I feel like you might know him a lot better than most people mm-hmm. in Denver sports media. You've been covering the buffs all season. It's been an incredible story. Yeah. Um, I guess my first question for you, though, is what's it like to cover Coach Prime, what's it like to cover Deion Sanders as a head football coach at Colorado? It's it's in, it's surreal. It is insanely surreal. Every bit of it. I think just even for those of us who went to see you, right, and we we lived through the dog days mm-hmm. and just never imagined that CU would be on the map this way, the way that it is. So there's the piece of of me as. Uh, it being my alma mater, that I'm just so stoked all the time. Like, I get called out all the time for being a homer, and I'm like, yes, yes, I am, (laughs) and I'm proud of it. And you know what? It's not going to change. You can call me out every single day. Um, But so so there's that piece of it, and it's, like, crazy. Like, you log on to ESPN any day of the week, and he's one of the top five headlines. It doesn't matter what it's about. They're finding different stories. So just the whole Deion Sanders experience is, like, it is – I'm just trying to soak it up because it's unbelievable. It's absolutely surreal. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it really keeps you on your toes mm-hmm. because he does not miss a thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter, like, what you say or you ask a question in a funny way. Like, it, he'll get you, right? I, yeah. I'm trying to work on, like, my comebacks because I feel like my comeback game is not good and he's so quick and witty. Um, but he's, the, he's the quickest. The quickest. And the wittiest. And then I'm, it's, this is, I feel like I'm constantly living in this stage of doing the show with him where, like, I leave and I'm like, oh, I should have said that. Yeah. Oh, I should have said that. Yeah. One of these days. Um, but doing the show with him, Harrison, is like, I mean, this is, it is unbelievably, I keep using the word surreal. But yeah. it, it's a gift beyond words I could have never imagined. I will never forget that first show. I was so nervous i felt like i could probably barely barely get words out take, take me through the first show oh with my him. Gosh. what was it like so it was he is i've never met and i don't know if i ever will meet anyone in my life who fills a room quite like he does yeah um and i think people see that wherever he is right his presence is just it's unbelievable but to not shrink in that was a huge challenge for me to how do i meet him where he's at without trying to be someone I'm not or be showboaty, but also not be not shrink in his presence. Right. Um, and it's been, I'd say for me, just growth wise, that's that's been kind of amazing because it's been a challenge. But he's so um, it doesn't matter. What I love about him is he's so honest. Mm-hmm. You can ask him anything. And we know in this day and age, sometimes you got to tailor your questions to sure. players, to coaches so they don't get upset. We know how this goes. And to see a guy that is just so. Uh, unapologetically himself. Like the mm-hmm. one thing I've really noticed about him is he never backtracks. Anything he's ever said, right? Have you ever heard him go back and say, you know what, I, I wish I didn't say that? No. No, because he actually believes everything he says. Right. So he never has to go backwards. And, and I think that 
Like, like that's amazing, right? And being, just not being afraid to upset somebody or hurt somebody or, you know what I mean? And he never says anything with, with the intention of upsetting somebody. It's more, this is exactly what he believes, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like people are like, oh my gosh, you're like obsessed with him. But I just think he's, I can learn so much from this man as a person. Yeah. Um, but also as a professional, he's so spot on. He's so witty. You can ask him anything. He doesn't get offended. He doesn't care. Um, and he's really open behind the scenes too. But it's funny because if he'll say something and then I say, can I ask you that? He's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, so whatever he says behind the scenes, he'll say it on camera too. Right. Well, you, you mentioned that like you have to match his energy level yeah. and he comes into a room and he just film, he just fills the room. Cameras are rolling all the time okay. around him, but I'm sure you interact with him off camera yeah. is he the same guy off camera as he is on camera uh i would say yes and no like in the sense of he's so smart he's witty he's funny all of those things yes but he is i remember the very first we did like a promo shoot before the show and i said mm -hmm. what can people expect and he's like people are going to get to know me a little better you know he's like i'm actually kind of a little more like subdued and i was okay. like mm, okay and i do think like when the camera comes on it is like full prime. And he's still the exact same guy when the lights go off, but he's like, he is a little bit more kind of subdued. A little more subdued. Or, and a little more like he, you know, goes to bed at 8.30, right? And, and he's like, oh no, that's past my bedtime, right? And he's not, when he walks in the room, he's kind of quiet and he's, you know. And so he is, it's interesting because he said that and I was like, mm, okay. And I was like, yeah, he is a little bit more, yeah. you know, kind of kind of subdued. And I think his personal life, which he's, even though the cameras are around him all the time, he's like private about. Sure, you know? sure. You can tell. Yeah, he's, that is a good point. He's a little bit more subdued about that, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you know Coach Prime the person and like what he stands for and is what his values are? Because a lot of Coach Prime is, it's like all about the image, you know. Yeah. A lot of Coach Prime is about the branding, what he says all of a sudden it's on a shirt uh -huh. um just the coach prime image is so much of what he stands for but how do you feel like you know who he is the person like behind all that kind of stuff yeah you know what i think it's funny because people ask me a lot like what's the biggest thing that surprised you and i think for me it is the care factor mm -hmm. with this with this man of who coach prime is as a person he genuinely cares about about people, about everybody he interacts with. And I, full disclosure, went into the show expecting him to be like, all right, let's do the show with this girl, get in, get out, we're on with life, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so not like that. He, and you see that even when he does his, his media pressers and he'll kind of check in on people or he always gives the DMVR homies a shout out, right? Cause, yeah. he, Cause he knows who they are. Um, but like he, so the craziest thing for me was um, I posted a picture. He, my parents came up to the show. And so there, there's a story behind that. So what happened was he, I made a joke in our, um, our promo shoot about like, I was like, all right, this show's going to be smart, fast, tough, disciplined with character. Cause that's what he says. Right. So he yeah. gave me his bracelet, the, one of the, the bracelets. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to give this to my dad. Um, so he's like, let me give you one for your dad. So I gave it to my dad. And my dad, like, lost it. My dad, he, I don't think he's ever taken it off. He's never going to take, you know, just the, <laughs> the, the rubber band one. He's never going to take it off. Um, but my dad has also been through a lot, of, a lot of health things in the last 
three years, get surgery like every like six months. No. <laughs> but so I showed Prime a picture and, and you know, he, he could tell. And it was he and I and I showed him how happy and excited my dad was. And he invited them up to the show. And I kind of thought he was joking. And I was like, I'm not going to bring him up to the show. Like, that's totally like out of pocket. Sure. So then the next week, um, he's like, where are your parents? <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, were you? Were you serious? And he was like, I wouldn't invite them up if I wasn't serious, of course. Right. So I was like, okay. Um, so then the next week, I, I brought him up. And um, I was like kind of nervous about it again because I was like, is this out of place? Like, is this whatever? Um, he walks in the room, he walks straight past the set, goes over and talks to my parents, like, does it like before anything else. He spends um, a good little bit of time with them, talking with them. Um, and I could see it was. Afterwards, my dad said, in that moment, he made me feel like the most important man in the world. And it wasn't like Prime was trying to do that. It was truly out of the goodness of his heart. Mm -hmm. And he saw how much it meant to my parents. And, and he wanted to do something good for someone who really needed uplifting at that moment. He wow. has, I think, uh, an incredible read on people and on what they need and on what they're going through. Um, and then at the end, we took a photo and my dad showed it to all of his friends, um, of course, but it yeah. was, it was, um, it is a moment that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And I will forever, uh, be grateful and thankful and, and adore coach prime for, for doing that mm -hmm. again out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah. And I think the other side of that was, it showed me how people just want to hate because I posted it and people were like, this is ridiculous and you're supposed to be an unbiased reporter and like you're totally crossing the line. And I was like, people just can't see the, that this was such an act of kindness and goodness and truly from his heart to spend some, a guy who's busy. The minute that show's over, he's like, Sam, what do I got next? Right. He's got a million things to do. And he took the time and it is a moment I think our family will never, ever, ever forget. Yeah. Right. And he didn't have to do that. There's been times where I've, kind of been having a, a, a rough day and it's like he knows like he'll be like you know how's it going and he'll give me a piece of advice and about something and I feel like I can actually ask him about the other day I asked him like I was like I'm just man I'm like you know what he says he like never has a bad day yeah. I'm like how do you do that because I'll get out of bed and stub my toe and the whole thing spirals. like 50 percent of my days seem like they're bad no, sometimes and I'm like <laughs> I don't get it and I was like you know and I like you know people will like say something nasty on the internet to me and then I let it affect me. Like, why am I doing that? Sure. You know? And he's like, imagine your day like a dinner plate, right? It's like, so the rice tastes bad. So what? You're not going to eat the meat and the vegetables and everything else? This is an incredible analogy. Dude, I know. And so I'm just, I'm living by the dinner plate analogy, right? But it was, it was, it was like, he knew I needed that advice and it's helped me so much the past couple of weeks, right? And this is just me, someone who... He does not need to care about me or my well-being or anything. This is a show he's obligated to do, and yet he makes sure that everyone who's a part of it feels valued and feels important, and, and he takes an interest. And so I know I like, have not let you have a word in for like five minutes. No, keep but talking, please. It's just, it's, un, it's truly unbelievable. So when people are like, man, you're such like a Deion Sanders stan, like, yes, I will be, and I will be for the rest of my life because yeah. I've seen it and I felt it, and it's unbelievable. And then... We have, we're lucky enough we have a player on the show every week. Right. And the stories that these guys tell week after week are unbelievable, where it's truly every single one of them has basically said he cares about me mentally, physically, you know, emotionally. It goes so far beyond football. And the first week, Jimmy Horn talk, telling the story about how his dad's in prison, and his dad called him, and he talked to his dad on the plane after the TCU game, and 
his dad wanted him to go play for Prime because he knew that Dion was going to take care of him. Mm -hmm. And Dion's like a father figure for him. And I can't tell you how many guys have used the word father figure, mm -hmm. right? So he knows that these are a lot of young men that need him right now in their lives. Yeah. And so people who think he's just all about the flash and whatever, it's so much deeper than that. And I think that is the part about Deion Sanders that continues to amaze me and why I will forever, like I said, support him. Um, you know, and it's crazy that all these people want to hate when if you actually look at it, the good he does is unbelievable. Yeah, I love that. And what those stories kind of showed me is that above everything, Deion Sanders is real mm -hmm. and he just kind of tells you like it is. And if you talk to any athlete, professional or college, I think the number one thing that they want a coach to do is just give it to you straight. Yeah. They don't want any bullshit. Like, I know this from covering the Nuggets. No, NBA athletes hate when their coach, like, lies to them. Right. They hate when they just don't give it, give them the facts, give it to them straight, yeah. be real with them. And from what you're saying, I've got to think that's a reason why Deion Sanders yeah. has such a strong bond and connection to his players, mm -hmm. why he's such an incredible recruiter, yeah. why he's going to attract the best high school athletes mm -hmm. in the country, why they will, will want to come to Colorado. A big part is, is because he's going to be real with them yeah. and he's just going to be honest. And that, that's what athletes want. Totally. Well, and you're right. He treats them like grown men. Like yes. you hit the nail on the head there with, and we've seen this where players know when a coach, I mean, come on, even in high school, you know when your coach is lying to yeah. you and you're like, come on. Like all you want is for them to be straight with me, especially if you're looking on the pro level, okay, these guys are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. They know when you're BSing them. Yeah. You know, stop it. Like, and so that's all these guys want is to be, and you can dive so deep into that in terms of playing the best players, right? And all of this stuff or whatever it might be. You just want your coach to be straight up with you. And he treats them like grown men. He doesn't treat them like children. And so we see it in those videos that they post too all mm -hmm. the time talking about, you know, accountability and all of this and all of this, that and the other. And he's even kind of honest with them. And he says, you know, not all of you are going to make it to the next level. And, and But I want to help you become, you know, grown men. And so yeah. I think it's like... Again, it's one of those things where you know that he's going to take care of you, but he's going to shoot you straight. Mm -hmm. And in any walk of life, like, do you want anything different? No. No. And so to have that and to know that, and there's coaches that you got to imagine, Nick Saban shoots his guys straight, right? There are coaches that do that, and that's why guys, even though they're going to be really hard on them, they're going to listen to you and they're going to respect you because you're always going to be up front with them. Yeah. When... Um when this whole thing started, when Coach Prime became the coach of Colorado, and then you <laughs> got to week one against TCU, yeah. they won their first couple of games. It's it's hard to describe how big this story was. Oh my gosh. We we talk about this in the office here a lot. We try to think of scenarios that could happen where two things could come together and produce a bigger story than Colorado football was yeah. those first couple of weeks. And I was like, man, like what if Tim Tebow came back and coached the Florida Gators? Like what, what if yeah. Tom Brady came back and was like a player coach? And I don't think any of those things would have been bigger than what college fo what Colorado football was those first couple of weeks. And look, we went to see you. Um, what year did you graduate? 2010. Okay. So I was there for like, I graduated in 2013. You were, you were a little before me, but 
we were there for some terrible years of college football. I did not understand how big college football was, how ingrained it was in this country, Mm -hmm. how part of like the fabric of America it was until those first couple weeks with Coach Prime because it was the biggest story in the country, and I don't think it was close. Yeah. And from your perspective, what was that like those first couple of weeks when CU was 3-0, they beat TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State, and it was the biggest story every single day. Oh, my gosh. There's Okay, there's like a, a few things I don't want to forget to, to, okay. to tell amongst this, this whole lineup of things. Um, but the first thing was, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Harrison, was I, like I've, I've never been to an SEC football game. Boy, would I love to go one day and experience where football is straight up. College football is religion, right? So I, I've been to two. Okay. Let, me, let me interject real quick. My wife went to Arkansas, okay. which is like one of the worst SEC teams. <laughs> but we go to one game a year, and it's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. Sorry, yeah. continue. No, see, and so I've always just wondered. Like, I even when people will say, yeah, but see, you always got, like, great crowds. Like, yeah, like. It, it, we always got good crowds and whatever, but, but it's it wasn't, not real college. It wasn't football. like college football, so I felt like that's part of it too. Where like I've been so I got so swept up because I was like, wow, this is what college football is like. We've never even, and I wasn't around for the '90s national championship, but like everything else, it's never been that environment. Yeah. Never experienced that kind. Of, of experience, right? Like we had, I had Levante Bentley on the show and I asked him because he went to Clemson, right? Like, how does this compare? Because we, you know, you got the Clemson walkout, all that. And he's like, well, now it's just crazy, right? It's like a show. And so what this excitement is something that I don't think, well, we know for a fact that never ever would have happened in Colorado had Deion Sanders not come and be the coach here. Right. Like there's nobody else could do what he did and brought that kind of attention. But that excitement and that fervor the, the and coolest, that like the coolest moment <sighs> of the previous decade before Deion Sanders came here was when Mel Tucker wore shorts during a game. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordans. That was the height of Colorado football. Like I still have my Dan Hawkins It Ain't Intramurals brother shirt that they did yeah. sell at the, the school store, by the way, which I have. Like we just never it was it was fun, but it wasn't what college football is so getting a taste of that it's like addictive it's oh my gosh this is amazing and i want to it's just never thought that colorado would have that so i think there's that piece of it which was insane and then the attention was just it was unbelievable and i think that there's so many pieces to that because there's one it goes back to who deon sanders is and, and he's a force and and more than that, he is an icon in the black community, right? He, he is truly an icon. So he brought this whole other community that, as we know, Keenan Thompson said it perfectly, right? So he was an HWCU. That was hilarious. <laughs> but it's true. So to bring this whole other audience and fan base and, and tradition and pride that, again, we would have never experienced here at CU. Right. Had Deion Sanders not brought that. That's been incredible, I think. It's been so cool to see that and how he always preaches unity. He's bringing a lot of people together, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of that has been – I still can't wrap my head around it. I think one day we're all going to look back and be like, we lived through that. Those first few weeks, I will argue that Colorado football was a bigger story nationally than – the Nuggets winning the championship. 100%. Then the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. 100%. College football is just bigger. 
it it's it's a religion. It is. It's hard to totally grasp what it is, but if you lived through those few weeks, you knew. Well, and so it's funny because uh, well, one I will agree with you. It's funny because I kept talking about like at work. I was like, we need to go to these games, and they're like, okay. And I was like, you know, this is. I kept saying, you don't understand. This is not just the biggest story in Colorado. This is the biggest story in the country. In right the country, Deion Sanders in Colorado is maybe the outside biggest. Of sports. Yes. Yeah, and I had people who had no interest in sports. Right. Family members asking me about this, right? Like it is it is he transcends sports. He's one of those guys that is like it is so uh, he transcends. It, it, I think is the best word to describe it. But what's funny is the Oregon game. I talked to a national reporter and I'm forgetting his name and he was great and I think he works for Sports Illustrated um and he was there and he said it was really funny. He said you know, I feel like we can finally start focusing on football. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, I haven't been to a Georgia game. This is one of their like top reporters. He's like, I haven't been to a Georgia game. I haven't been to an Ohio State game. I've been to a Michigan game. He's like, this is the beat I've been on. He's yeah, like, the so, Colorado beat. Yes. And so he's like, as much as it's been like a fever dream and we love it, he's like, there's a piece of us, he said nationally, like when they lost to Oregon, he's like, there's a piece of us now where we feel like, okay, we can get on with the season. Mm-hmm. He was like, the rest of college football like took a back seat. Like we couldn't really get yeah. on with the season until that happened. And I thought that was a perfect way to explain like what you said about how this was the biggest story. Georgia was on ESPN two <laughs> for the spring game, right? And so he, and he, so he basically admitted that this, like these first few weeks, this is all we talked about. Yeah. I haven't covered any other college football. And now I haven't seen that guy since, right? And he's probably a Georgia and everything else. So I think that really puts into perspective just mm-hmm. how big it is. Where do you think the coach prime story goes in the next couple of years? Mm. Because, you know, the buffs are four and four. Yeah. You know, we'll see how this season turns out. But where do you see this story going over the next couple of years in terms of does he build this up to be a national championship contender? Do you think he is here for a couple more years, then goes somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- where do you just see the Coach Prime story going? I think it. I think my thought on this has changed so many times. Uh, I think first and foremost, and I've always thought this that next year they can really do some damage because he brought in all of these guys, and now we're really seeing the holes that that aren't there, obviously. Um, but like. I th- I've always still thought it's like year two in anything where you can really make an impact. And now he's going to weed out the guys that don't quite fit in recruit guys. W- w- we know how easy recruiting is for him because who right. wouldn't like everything we've talked about, who wouldn't want to come play for him. Yeah. Right. Um, and who, and families, right. You're sitting on that couch. If I'm a mom or a dad, I want him to, I want my son to play sure. for this guy. But then also you look at moving to the big 12. This is a huge difference. I mean, the PAC 12, Harrison, I think about this all the time. The Pac-12 is, I mean, look how many ranked teams there are, and this this conference is dissolving. Like, what an yeah. epic failure in leadership. That's a <laughs> yeah. whole nother discussion for another yeah. day. It's still kind of crazy. It <laughs> blows my mind that the Pac-12 will be no more. Um, but nonetheless, I think they can do so much more damage. In the Big 12, You, it's just, I think it's a, the teams aren't as good. Yeah. Plain and simple. And CU, they are going to be better. They are going to get those offensive linemen. They are going to get those defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better. Um, it, the question is, does Shador stay? I think Shador stays. So I, I think I, he stays. I think too. next year they're going to make because I think his draft stock only goes up next year when they stay and he sees the vision and they're going to 
I think, make a push for the college football playoff. And, and I agree with you. You said national championship. I think that's what Deion Sanders wants to do. The, all this man has done everywhere he goes is, is win. Yeah. Failure is not in his vocabulary. So I, I think that initially, like everyone else, I always thought he'll be here for a couple of years and he'll leave. I've kind of changed my mind on that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm of the train of thought, and I have no inside information. It's just what I think, is that I think he's going to stay at CU for a few years, and I think he might retire afterwards. Like, mm. I don't know how long he's going to like, genuinely coach for because I think part of it, too, is he's coached his kids his whole life, yeah. right? Now, you're getting this incredible recruiting class that are coming in and this big quarterback, right, and you're going to get these, these linemen, big quarterback after Shador. I think that could make him want to stay for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know, like, genuinely, I think health-wise is a, is a real concern. Sure. Seems like he's doing great, but but you don't know, like, you know, if the foot really starts to ail and everything, I think that that's a huge factor. That it's yeah. like, at what point in your life do you say, like, I'm not going to keep, you know, doing that, right? Right. Um, and so I think that, I don't know, I used to think, oh, he's going to leave and go to a bigger program, but... I think for him, you look at Jackson State, you look at CU, I think he thrives on the opportunity to take something that's struggling and to make it into something successful and be the catalyst. So if you go to Alabama, you're not taking that thing from the ground and building it up. And I don't, again, I don't think he would be threatened or scared of the expectation because he does believe he's the best. But that doesn't necessarily for me feel like that fits in with, with who he is and what he wants to do. And I do think making an impact with these kids is important to him, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I don't think he wants to go to the NFL. No. Because coaching in the NFL and coaching in college is completely different. I don't know how much a job like one of the top SEC schools would appeal to him. Because at Colorado, he runs the university. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can run the program however he wants. Mm-hmm. And at one of those top SEC schools, I don't know if they would let him do that. Yeah. And I also agree with you about him going from Jackson State to Colorado and turning nothing into something. Yeah. I think that is almost a bigger part of his mission mm-hmm. than like winning games yeah. and stacking W's. Yeah. It's like making a difference. Yeah. And he's building Colorado into something that maybe when we look back on it in 10, 20 years, yeah. we're going to say, yeah, Deion Sanders did that. Right. He can't do that at another school. Totally. So. And, and you talk about like those SEC schools, right? At Bama or Georgia or any, any big school like that, even like a, even like a Clemson or whatever, it's like all that history is there, that expectation they're not going to look back. They'll maybe look back at a Deion Sanders era. But like you said, this will be forever yeah. the changing moment in Colorado and whatever Colorado is after this and what Colorado is able to do in terms of whoever the next coach is and this, that, and the other is all because of what he's done. Yeah. And I agree with you. About, like, it's funny with the NFL, too, because it's the NFL, everyone's like, oh, I'd be in the NFL. That just doesn't strike true to me because it's – First of all, you're dealing with grown... Well, I mean, I guess guys are getting paid here, but I don't know, molding those those men into... You can't have the same type of impact, impact. on a player's life yes. as you can in college. Yeah. Like, you can really be a mentor to kids totally. at college as a head coach. Yeah. Like, you can really be that father figure. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is what is more important. I think that's more important to him than 
winning football games. I, I yeah. actually genuinely do. No, I completely agree with you. I think you. I think again that goes into the misconception of of who Prime of who Deion Sanders is. And yeah. I said this at the beginning: the care factor. Yeah, he genuinely cares. He wants to help these young men live better lives, whatever that means, whether that's football or not. And plain and simple, you can only do that in college. The other thing, too, is like, come on, the NFL's so buttoned up. You get fined for everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked to him this week about the Shiloh ejection. Sure. And, and I, the way I phrased it, because I'm so used to dealing with NFL guys who get fined, is I said, look, I don't want to ask you if the ejection was right or wrong, but I just think it's really hard to play defense these days. And he went into why it was wrong and how they got it wrong. And it was so great. You can't do that in the NFL. You're going to get fined. You're not allowed yeah. to talk. So there's that freedom that's kind of taken away from you as well. Mm -hmm. The last couple of things I wanted to ask you. Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter, yeah. have you gotten to know them at all? Who are they kind of off the field? Yeah. Uh, I, in, in your experience. You know what? It's funny. I like, I feel like I, I, I don't know them much better than the kind of anyone else. Um, except for, I, I talk to prime about Travis all the time mm -hmm. because he just, that kid is special. That kid is a generational talent, but it's more than that. He's just like a genuinely, like he's a good kid. He's just, a, a, he just cares about ball. You know, he's a good person. He doesn't seem to realize, or maybe he does. And he's just really humble, but like, how talented and how ridiculous he is, hmm. right? He's just, I think that there's this very sweet innocence about Travis Hunter that's kind of amazing to see, I guess, when you look at just what he does, what he can do, his NIL money, the fact that we all know he's going to go very high in the NFL draft and be a superstar. Yeah. And yet he's just, you know, he's, he's just at the end of the day, he's just a good kid. He loves fishing. So him and Prime are big fishers and they like to go fishing and, and he's just like a really good person. And so it's cool to see the kind of overwhelming amount of humility in this mm. kid, I think, overall. Interesting. Um, and, and I think with Shador, I think Shador is kind of like his dad misunderstood because people are like, ah, oh, you're so big and you're so flashy and whatever. Um, but I think Shador's very, very mature, right? I think he understands, I think Prime asked him about it this week, and he just said for where he is in his life, he understands the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and, and he really does, right? He gets it. And, and the little things, like, hey, never once, he'll never blame any other teammate, right? We know that's like every quarterback has to do that. But and if he stood up there and blamed the offensive line, I don't think anybody Nobody would, would, be, would like be bro, what are you doing? Like People almost want him to do that, <laughs> yeah. but to have that kind of self-control. I mean, we we saw like poor Zach Wilson doing that his first year in the NFL, and mm -hmm. now he's learned, and now he's taking it on himself. But that kind of awareness is pretty cool. But outside of that, I would say college is, of course, interesting because you're not allowed in the locker room. So you kind of just get to know them from a distance. Yeah. But I feel like I'll ask, uh, you know, Prime about them a lot, like off air to try and get a sense of, of kind of who they are. Yeah. That's kind of what I've taken away. Yeah. Is Travis Hunter a better wide receiver or cornerback? <sighs> See, like, for me, I, I think that... Um, that's a good, that's a great question. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I don't think there's a wrong. But when you look at the um the uh oh my god, UCLA. I was like, who did they just play? Those two picks insane. against UCLA were insane. And what stood out to me, well, first of all, the athleticism, but yeah. his football IQ. 
Like that is that is pro level intelligent to bait the quarterback like that to come off your guy and to make those both times. That was those were brilliant plays. Romy, the way he reads the game and the way Coach Prime talks about him yeah. as just being this generational talent. It reminds me of Nikola Jokic uh-huh. in terms of he has things that you can't teach. Yeah. In terms of how he reacts to stuff, how he reads the ball. His football IQ is something that you can't teach. You cannot teach. You're absolutely right. He is it's just instincts at the end of the day. And you know, it's funny, the the humility kind of feels like it's parallel. I mean, nobody's more humble than Jokic, but the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, he does give off some of that same humility. Yeah, it's parallels. unfair to even compare to even compare. To him. But I've always felt like I'm kind of a defensive stand too. Like mm-hmm. so I just feel like, you know, a generational corner is why would you not want to be a generational corner if you could? Wide receivers, it feels like they are even more nowadays like a dime a dozen. Like I'd be down if they let him play a little bit of both, but I would love to see him just become a generational Hall of Fame cornerback because because of of like you said the instincts and how he reads the game and I think he can show that off more defensively. But yeah. everybody likes to play offense. Offense is fun and whatever. Scoring but touchdowns. I, is fun. I I just think corners like that, they come along they're they're rare. They're yeah. a rare breed and that kind of intelligence is I hope he plays primarily corner and maybe dabbles in wide receiver. But, sure. You know, whatever he wants to do. Sure. Well, Romy, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks really for appreciate having me. it. Some awesome insight into Coach Prime. I feel like you know him better than probably pretty much everybody else in Denver media right now. Um, you can watch Romy on CBS4. She hosts the Coach Prime's playbook. It airs Wednesday nights on CBS4 here in Denver. Streams online, too. Thank yes. you so much for coming on. Harrison, thanks for having me. This has been such a treat. Appreciate Love you, it. my friend. Uh, thanks so much for Romy for coming on. Thought she gave some great insight and um, loved her takes on where CU football is right now, where it's going in the next couple of years. I thought she had some great perspective on that. Uh, let's hit a break real quick. Have a little mailbag segment coming up on the other side, and then uh, we'll get out of here on the Denver Sports Podcast today. Guys, if you want to become a DNVR diehard member, go to thednvr.com. There's so many great perks that come with being a DNVR diehard right now. First off, you get a free t-shirt at every sign-up. You get a free t-shirt every year as well. You get 20% off merch always. You get exclusive savings on all the events we do here at DNVR too. Our DNVR takeovers. we got a DNVR Nuggets takeover coming up on Saturday uh, for the Bulls game. Don't want to miss that. You get access to the DNVR-only DNVR Discord as well. You also get 15% off your tab at the DNVR bar right here if you're local. Exclusive merch, a physical DNVR diehard membership card. You get access to the DNVR newsletter too. Premium content in your inbox. I actually do our newsletter too. Uh, so I do that Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Here at DNVR, you get access to that as well. It's only 7 bucks a month, an awesome, awesome deal. Also, we're doing a huge giveaway uh, with MMA Milepost 35. We've teamed up with them to give you the ultimate mile-high sports experience. Here's what's included in this awesome giveaway. You get a $100 gift card to the DNVR Sports Locker, where all our merch is. A Gus Reynolds at PJ, P. Gray Reynolds custom print. Valued at $400, 
And then you get $500 to five of Denver's top sports bars. 100 bucks to the DNVR bar, 100 bucks to Stoney's bar, 100 bucks to Thomas McGregor Square, 100 bucks to Society Sports, and $100 to Brothers Lodo. You get all of that in this awesome, awesome giveaway. Head to the DNVR Sports Instagram account or to MAA Milepost 35 to enter to win that awesome giveaway. Also want to tell you guys about FOCO. Uh, FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and much more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. A lot of our set decorations come from FOCO. They have really awesome stuff, and it's all officially licensed. So this is legit stuff. They use name, image, and likeness. It's really legit. Uh, so check out FOCO. Uh, they always have our back for Cardinal Sports. They have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. Again, hit the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. All right, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast. Talked a lot of Coach Prime and Buffs football today. I know there was some news coming down on uh, CU football. Coach Prime handed over play-calling duties to Pat Shermer, took them away from Sean Lewis, I'm not going to get into that a ton. I think our Buffs guys are doing an emergency podcast that's starting up right now on their YouTube channel, so I'll, I'll let them handle that. But last segment today, I wanted to get into a little bit of a mailbag, and I think this is what sometimes the third segment on the Denver Sports Podcast is going to be. So I asked for questions on Twitter. You guys gave me some good ones. Of course, I got a couple Nuggets questions. I am a Nuggets guy. Most people know me as that, so there are going to be some Nuggets questions filtered in here, uh, but let's get to the mailbag as, as we get out of here on Friday today. Uh, first question comes from Fred. Do you feel like Jamal Murray is starting to pass too much? Uh, this has been a storyline throughout the first couple games of this Nuggets season. Nuggets are five games in, they're four and one, but Fred asks, is Jamal Murray starting to pass too much? He has been passing a lot. His assists are up this season. Uh, he's already averaging 7.8 assists per game this year through five games. That's up from 6.2 last year. Is he passing too much, though? I would say my answer to that is absolutely not. The Nuggets offense is still great. They are coming off a loss where they look terrible offensively in Minnesota, but I think that was an outlier game based on what we've seen so far. Uh, Jamal Murray's reading the floor better than he ever has. I feel like his vision, his basketball IQ, his ability just as a table-setting point guard right now is at a elite, elite level. He's matured into like a really great all-around point guard. So I don't think he's passing too much. I like exactly how much he's passing the ball right now. I don't really want him to change his game that much. I feel like he's got a great balance of looking for his own shot and looking to pass, looking to set other others up. So I think he's passing at a perfect amount right now. This next question comes from Justin. He asks, will this be the first season since 2016 that Jokic does not lead the Nuggets in points, rebounds, and assists? Uh, Justin, I think you're crazy. He's definitely going to lead them in points, rebounds, and assists. He is right now. 
And I think Nikola Jokic could be 40 years old, averaging close to a triple-double, and he's still going to lead the Nuggets in points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, next question comes from Travis. Who has more wins at the end of the season, the Nuggets or Avs? Do either win more games than the Colorado Rockies? How many games did the Rockies win? <sighs> well, the Rockies lost 100 games last year. I forget what their actual record was. <laughs> All we know is how many they've lost. We it don't know how many they won. 59 and 103. So 59, okay, 59 is like 59 is the max. I feel like the Nuggets could win this season. Hmm. What about the Avs, Tiff? I that feels like the the upper games. ceiling they could hit. Yeah, I I don't really see them losing more than you know 20, 20 I don't yeah. see them losing more than fifteen games, but we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think that's that feels like the top top ceiling that either the Nuggets or Avs could hit. I don't think the Nuggets are going to win 59, but I do think they can win in the mid-50s. The Avs, same goes for them. Um, I think, man, I think both the Nuggets and the Avs this season, like, these could be special regular seasons for both these teams. Fingers crossed. This looks like it could be really fun. It really could. Who's going to win more, though, Nuggets or Avs? I'm going to go with the Nuggets right now. Yeah. They both have gotten off the similar starts. The Avs yeah, are totally. 7 and 2. How many how many games total do do does basketball 82. play? 82. They're both okay. 82 regular awesome. season yeah. games. Okay, yeah. Similar starts, I'd say. They're both off to good starts. Nuggets are 4 and 1, Avs are 7 and 2. Kind of the same pace right there. Uh but I just think the Nuggets are going to have a ridiculous regular season. So I'll go with them. Final question from Smug Life. Are we worried about the backup power forward spot? This is a Nuggets question again after the loss to Minnesota, or will it be a non-factor in the playoffs with the starters playing more? I'm not worried about it. The benches look pretty good so far. It's looked better than expected. And in the playoffs, it's not going to be a factor. You're going to play Aaron Gordon at backup center. Worst case scenario, you're going to slide Michael Porter to the four like they did last year in the playoffs. With how bad the Nuggets bench was last year in the playoffs and the fact that it didn't matter at all once they got to the postseason, when they trimmed down the rotation, if the bench is bad again this season and so far it seemed like it might be better than it was last year, it's probably not going to matter again in the playoffs. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think Peyton Watson will be fine at backup power forward. I think he's going to get better and better as... The season goes on. Uh, but thanks for the questions, guys. We'll hit the mailbag uh, for some third segments here on the Denver Sports Podcast. Uh, so thanks for those questions. And thanks to Romy for coming in studio and sitting down with me, talking Coach Prime and the Buffs. Again, I thought she had some really good perspective on the program, him, and what's in the future uh, for CU football. That's it for the Denver Sports Podcast today. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another guest. Uh, if you can, give a quick thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this as a podcast, give me a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that here at the Denver Sports Podcast. And thanks for listening. Have a good weekend, everyone. We all city like the mayor. 